Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity in 2005 and 2010. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award, not once, but twice, by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. If your advisor is not calling you, call Ellen Becker Investment Group at 262-691-3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a free consultation. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellen Becker Investment Group. Ellen Becker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank Building. We have a second location in the village of Whitefish Bay, and we're in the Equitable Bank Building there. And for those of you who are familiar with that area, we are right across the street from Winkies. We're also able to service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. So if you'd like to meet with us there or at any of our offices, you can give us a call at 262 691 3200, or you can visit ellenbecker.com for more details. My guest today is Sue Hansen, and she is a partner at Hansen and Hildebrand and also uh, the co-founder of the Family Mediation Center. Susan has been on the radio show several times with me, and we have worked quite closely on the topic of divorce and uh, learning a lot about how to incorporate uh, the proper style of divorce for you as well as the proper partners and learning all about some of the nuances that has uh, entered not only the financial planning world, but also the financial planning through a divorce world. So we are going to touch base on a lot of different uh, interesting components around divorce today, and hopefully you'll be able to leave today's episode with a lot of good and new and interesting information. So we'll take a quick break, and when we return, I will introduce you to Susan Hansen, and we will jump right in talking about how to choose a process uh, for divorce. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And my guest today is Susan Hansen. I introduced her before the break. Uh, she's a partner at Hansen & Hildebrand and also the co-founder of the Family Mediation Center. Susan, welcome. Thank you, Julie. It's good to be back. It is good to have you here. We've we've had a couple segments together over the years. And, of course, I, I've learned so much about uh, how you approach divorce and mediation with your clients. And I have always appreciated your insight because it's been very helpful in terms of how to work with my clients as they present me with the conversation around potentially moving forward with the divorce. So uh, yes, welcome. And let's just jump right in and talk a little bit about what types of divorce uh, is available to our clients and to our listeners. Happy to. And first, I'd like to say that I really urge couples who are considering divorce to consider the option of what we call marriage or discernment counseling. I think the couple seeing a therapist can actually be a very positive step, whether it means they remain married or whether it means they proceed with divorce, but hopefully proceed with better communication and some mutual understanding and respect. So assuming they've made the choice and a divorce is going to happen, the very first question that they should 
think about is what process do they want to use? I think for many individuals, the first thought is, do I get a lawyer or not? And in fact, I think there's a question before that, which is what process would be the best fit for themselves individually and for their family? And they really have four choices. Uh, The first is do it yourself online, checkbox, those things are there. Uh, The internet would convey that it's an easy decision. I think some of those boxes have a profound impact both on their family and their finances. So my caution, biased as I am as a lawyer, is that do-it-yourself can get the divorce done. But if it's not done right, too many couples are returning to court. So today, the estimate statewide in Wisconsin is about 70% of individuals navigate a divorce without a lawyer. And my concern is that the absence of any kind of legal counseling or legal advice can create problems in the future. And so do-it-yourself is there. Um, The next option that I'm very involved in is mediation. And the way I perceive mediation is that the couple makes a choice to jointly work with one neutral lawyer. I know the concept of neutral and lawyer don't go together for some people, but in fact, a lawyer who is a mediator functions as an educator and a guide through the process. And that neutral lawyer acting with the guidance of both parties can in fact draft and file all legal documents and guide the couple through their negotiation process so that they make the best possible decisions together at the table in a mediation directly with the lawyer. Um, If either party wants separate or private legal consultation, they certainly can do that. But the mediation process is a one-lawyer process for couples who can be in a room and navigate the full sharing of information and negotiation and resolution of issues together. And so that's growing, and it's a bridge between the concept of no lawyers at all and one lawyer for each. Um, If, in fact, one or both parties thinks that they would like to have their own lawyer and have a lawyer at the table as part of their negotiation, um, a third option is what we call collaborative divorce. And the collaborative process means each person would have their own lawyer and all four would commit to an out-of-court settlement process in which they meet together in four-way meetings at the table to discuss and negotiate their issues. The lawyers are brought in more as settlement specialists and problem solvers to help their individual clients through the process and to be there as advocates to give advice throughout the course of the divorce. The last process is what many know of and is too often in the newspapers or television or movies, um, and that is a two-lawyer process with the option that a judge could decide all child, family, and financial decisions if the couple can't agree. And in a traditional process where each has a lawyer, the lawyers will still make efforts to negotiate, but the clients are less directly involved than they are with either collaborative or mediation. So the traditional process uh, can escalate 
sometimes quickly into higher conflict or higher cost for couples. Um, but in any of these processes, it really ultimately is up to the parties themselves to take responsibility and make the decisions that affect their future. So how would somebody decide uh, which process of divorce made sense for them? Uh, you know, obviously the do-it-yourself is one end of the spectrum, and the traditional divorce is the other end of the spectrum. When clients talk to me about potentially going down the path of divorce, most people don't understand that there are different options. They think of divorce based on what they've heard their friends or family talk about or what they've seen on TV or, or read about in the news. They don't even know there's other options. And then, of course, I suppose there's different attorneys that practice differently. And so what would be the the first step to figuring out which of those processes made sense? I think the key for anyone considering divorce is education. Um, there's a lot of emotion inherent in the ending of a marriage. And I think too often decisions are made impulsively or without thoroughly understanding what their options are or they decide to retain a lawyer because their neighbor or sibling or someone they know referred them, and they don't really learn about what their choices are. The question of what process they use will profoundly affect how that divorce goes and what their restructured family looks like at the end of the divorce. Is it high conflict, high cost? Did they just check some boxes and not think through their issues? My advice is very strongly that anyone thinking of divorce, get a thorough education. Understand what it means to be in mediation with one neutral lawyer, what it means to do a collaborative process of out-of-court settlement, and really weigh these alternatives um, because what you decide might be a fit for you will also impact which professionals you work with. I mean, the answer is some lawyers focus more on mediation or out-of-court negotiation and settlement processes. Some lawyers pride themselves on their litigation, court battle approach to divorce. My own view is that the courts do their best but they are rarely the best place to decide family issues. Um, if a couple has children, they have to be able to work through issues and co-parent or communicate for the sake of their children. And so a court-based approach can be very destructive and very expensive. So I urge education, and they can get that a number of ways. They can get that sometimes through some of the professionals they know. You, for example, have familiarity with some of these options and could have a discussion with a financial planning couple or client about that. Um, some can turn to lawyers, but not to go and hire the first person you see. Instead, to learn about and weigh alternatives. It is absolutely imperative if you're going to have a less destructive divorce, that you have a good partnership or working relationship with any professionals you retain. So I urge a couple of consultations, either individually with a lawyer if that's needed, or the couple themselves can come in. I do many joint consultations with a couple to talk to them about what are your process options? What does the legal process look like? What are the legal issues you're going to have to navigate and help them weigh next steps and what will be the best fit 
for themselves and their family. So a joint consultation can be an excellent way to start the process and learn from a neutral perspective rather than going immediately to advocates or adversarial input. Yeah, I think the concept of education is so important because there's so much information out there that's available to us as consumers and clients. Uh, And knowing that speaking with more than one person, how important that is. When somebody approaches me about this being a possibility uh, for them, I encourage them, too, to get very well educated, but also to reach out to individuals and to professionals who can uh, give them some insight into what, what their process might be. And so much of it comes down to a culture fit. You know, I can't tell you how many clients I've worked with that have changed attorneys halfway through the process. And they'll say things like, I just, I knew maybe it wasn't a right fit in the beginning, or I wish I would have talked to more people. Uh, The more this process escalates and the more uncomfortable you get from a culture fit perspective, the more costly it becomes. So the research in the beginning is very valuable. And we have a list of partners that we recommend. I suggest people talk to their family, their friends, their accountants, their attorneys, their financial advisors to get some recommendations and then do not only a little bit of education on their own, but some research into the people that they're working with. Because finding the right culture fit and somebody who's going to step into the process in a way that's most beneficial for the whole family is is going to result in a much better outcome. So it is confusing though because every attorney doesn't offer all processes you know some attorneys as you said really focus on traditional divorce or collaboration or mediation and and um, you know before we take a break if you want to just touch briefly on the mediation center and what that um, provides because I know that you are a co-founder of that and mediation is, is a very important tool in divorce and so talk a little bit about the family mediation center So we started, my law partner and I started the Family Mediation Center um, a couple years back, and we really did it with an eye toward providing a lower-cost alternative. Um, There are people who very simply can't afford some of the services of lawyers and the hourly rates that run. So we established the Family Mediation Center, and couples can come in. The first two hours is $250, so that we've made it affordable pretty much across the board for people to get education. And so that's a process where we have several lawyers who mediate. We have child specialists. We have financial neutrals who can work with families in a more cost-contained way. We have flat fee options. We have pay-as-you-go options. So the Family Mediation Center is a center designed to offer high-quality services, but frankly at a lower price point. Um, And mentioning the child specialist, for some couples, rather than start with a lawyer, they start with a child specialist. So that's a mental health professional who is specifically trained and skilled in mediation and restructuring families and families transitioning through separation and divorce. And the child specialist, likewise, will offer an initial meeting with the parents to talk about the process options and, most importantly, the impact of their process choice on the future well-being of their children. And so the child specialist role is one that's growing uh, in southeastern Wisconsin. Good. 
Thank you for explaining that so well, because uh, when we talk about different styles of divorce or different processes of divorce, that can be very confusing. And you sort of broke it down into four areas, the do-it-yourself, of course, mediation, collaboration, and then traditional. And they all come with pros and cons, and they all come with risks. And so the most important thing is to get educated and reach out and ask questions. So let's take a little break, and then when we come back, now that we've learned all of the different types of divorce, Let's talk about the professionals that are needed and are important to help through that process. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. Ellenbecker Investment Group has three locations. Our main location is in Pewaukee, just uh, east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We have a location in Whitefish Bay as well as one in Bonita Springs. If you'd like to learn more about our firm or put a face with a voice, you can check us out at ellenbecker.com. You can also tour our offices and uh, learn more about our guest today, Susan Hansen, as well. We do offer all of our radio programs in a podcast form, so you can check out our webpage to get a copy of this podcast. And if you think this is a topic that would be interesting to share with others, feel free to send them to our webpage as well. So as I mentioned earlier, Susan Hansen is my guest today. She is a partner at Hansen and Hildebrand Law Firm, as well as a co-founder of the Family Mediation Center. We've talked about four processes of divorce. Who would have thought? It was so confusing uh, and that there were many, many ways to accomplish a divorce. But we learned a lot about that already in the beginning part of the show. And now, Susan, what I'd like you to share with us is how you build your team for a divorce. Once you've gone through the process of getting educated and maybe have a better idea of what type of divorce would suit your personal situation better, what type of players do you need on your team to help you go through this process? Well, obviously, as a lawyer, I look at the legal process of divorce, and it's where I have or a lawyer may have expertise. However, there's other paths for divorce. There's the emotional or relationship path, and there's the financial path. And I think it's important to recognize that as you build your support system, you are doing two things. One, gathering professionals to help you through the divorce process. But I also think it's important to look beyond the role of a lawyer or the legal process at what occurs after the divorce is concluded because there are many things that affect the family, relationships, well-being of children, and there are things that affect your finances that go far beyond your final judgment date for your divorce. And so as you're building a team, I think it's important to recognize what are the best skill sets? What do you need? Are you someone who is insecure about finances and your financial understanding? Well, in that event, you'd want to bring in a financial professional early in the process, not wait until it's all over, but have someone who can be your advisor or consultant. So someone like you and others, your staff, clients have worked with to really understand and look at their cash flow needs, their savings needs, their retirement needs, and to really thoroughly understand and have an explanation about what different options might mean for them financially. There's also the emotional path. It's certainly a 
for some a roller coaster. There's a lot of mixed emotion and high emotion that can come with the divorce. But I also think for most people, they want to navigate in a way that reflects their personal values, their integrity, and to be able to go through a divorce process in the healthiest way possible. So we have mental health professionals. We have the child and family specialists. And at times, selecting a therapist can really help someone have a private place to navigate their own emotions and focus on their goals for them himself and their family post-divorce. The legal process, again, whether it's one neutral lawyer as a mediator or whether it's individual lawyers as advocates, um, I think it's very important to look at lawyers who are willing to work in a team. Uh, As a lawyer, I don't do all my own financial planning. I don't do all my own tax work. I don't pretend to be a child and family psychologist. So I think the most efficient and effective way is for individuals and couples to look at who do they need to help them get through the process the very best way possible and to get referrals and build a team that can work together to support them. And I think we work really closely, you know, in some of the relationships and people that we've worked with and the importance of having, you know, both mindsets. We've talked, I I often have a client or will come in and tell me that they're contemplating going through a divorce. And I sort of take a step back at at that point and, and help them prepare for a divorce because there's actually a lot of work that goes into even just the preparing part. As you talked about first was education and, and interviewing attorneys and just determining what type of process you want to go through. But even just understanding your finances in a, in a marriage many times, especially when you're raising children, you know, people divide and conquer. It's, it's, and I look at my own relationship, you know, my husband and I have had to divide and conquer for years as we're raising kids. You know, there's things that he does and there's things that I do. And um, of course, I'll tell you, I do more and he'll tell me he does more, <laughs> but that's for a whole nother segment. Uh, but the divide and conquer concept means that I don't always have a handle on who the specialists around our home are for repairs, for example. I wouldn't really know who to call if I needed to get the garage door repaired. And and he might not know as much about the investments as I do because I've taken on that role. And so many times when somebody is contemplating a divorce, there's one member of that unit that doesn't understand the finances. And the divorce, there's a lot of different components that are that – are, um, you know, processed through like placement and, and maintenance and, and all of those things. But I see there's so much energy and so much importance on the financial component. So if you're somebody that doesn't understand the finances, it's really important to talk to a finance person and to help you figure out uh, what your situation is, because it's a very vulnerable place to be and to not understand what's being talked about through this process is really uh, quite scary. And so as you prepare for a divorce and as I work with clients, we talk about cash flow management. We talk about, do you know how much you spend? Do you know how much you need to spend? And these are all things that can be done in anticipation of going to meet with an attorney, getting a handle on what does a budget look like for your family, um, understanding what assets you have. I've had clients, you know, to come in here and say, I really don't know what we have. I don't know how much we owe on our house. I don't know if we have a car payment. Uh, and so getting a handle on all of that is really important. Talking about debt 
and and understanding what you owe because that's going to be something that is is divided or at least discussed uh, a division discussed during the process and then putting together that financial disclosure statement and so working with a financial person I think is really important and you and I as we've gone through this process together have relied on each other for information and have you know educated our clients through the process both from a immediate perspective of where they are financially and then I sort of look at down the road what does this all mean and and so that's what's really important is trying to identify uh, the, the project at hand which is where you come in and really make sure that clients are being represented you know well during the process and then my piece which is really stepping in and helping our clients understand what does this mean to them okay half the assets what does that mean half the debt what does that mean <laughs> You know, what does, what does, you know, income down the road mean? Um, and, and do you take it all at once or do you take it over time? And all of those questions, having a team, I think, is really important. And I appreciate you bringing up, too, the uh, family counselors and how important it is to kind of keep that family unit whole through the process. I know I've been known to say to people, let's identify what the end goal is here. And the end goal is most, most of the time, People want to dissolve the marriage while protecting their family and keeping their children safe or keeping each other as uh, comfortable and safe as possible. Well, if that's the goal, that's the goal we have to focus on right from the beginning. And so building your professional team is incredibly important. Um, so we talked a little bit about all the different professionals. You've mentioned a few times a, a neutral professional. What does that mean? The concept of neutrality is that you have a highly educated professional, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's about child and family psychology, whether it's about financial issues in divorce, but that a neutral professional is someone who functions to educate both parties, who helps to balance the level of information. I want to normalize that in most marriages, one spouse is more in charge of the finances, and that spouse in a divorce is going to start from a place of greater knowledge. And that's okay so long as in the process the other spouse has a learning curve. Everyone is capable of learning the basics of personal and family finance. They are capable of learning about the legal issues, and they're capable of learning or filling gaps that may be there about their child issues or parenting. So the goal of a neutral is to assure that there is a very thorough education and that a person feels that they have what they need in individual knowledge to make these major decisions. And they come at it from a more of a point of view of professional education and guidance versus I'm going to take a side and argue for the husband or for the wife. Instead, I'm working with them jointly. I think the legal process is very focused on the end result, you use the word goal, the goal is to get the divorce done. And for some people, they would say, how do I get it done as quickly as I can? What I think the role of a neutral is, is to help them look beyond that date of divorce to what will the impact be on their family and their finances two years, five years, 10 or 20 years, so that they really think about 
their bigger picture goals as they're making these decisions. It is more complicated than divide by two because you have to know where that's going to leave you both now and in the future. So I, I think that this piece about looking at neutrality is to say, do you need education, guidance, help through the process, or do you need someone on your side as an advocate each step of the way? From a cost effectiveness or efficiency, people will say what's more or less expensive. Needless to say, one neutral is less expensive than two separate advocates. I also think, as much as it's sounding odd, that sometimes more people can be more cost effective. Working with you as a financial specialist and helping give them guidance and advice of the impact of decisions or working with a child and family mental health professional on how to co-parent and communicate will be far less expensive than working with lawyers to navigate the process. Right. Of course. And now there's many different unique situations that affect different types of families. Of course, we know that there is no one shoe that fits all, not with financial planning, not with divorce, um, with most things in life where where we are unique and our situations are as well. So there are unique issues for young families. There are unique issues for um, non-traditional families. And, of course, there are unique issues for older couples getting a divorce. And it's not hard to find information or research or any TV show you turn on or any newspaper you open. Um, And and quite honestly, I'm seeing it a lot with my own clients is this idea of a gray divorce. Talk a little bit about that as a unique situation and some of the issues that take place for older couples who are choosing to uh, take the path of a divorce later in life. Statistically, the divorce rate has remained at about 50% through my 30-year-plus career. So approximately 50% of all marriages end in divorce. What we are also seeing, however, is that that is fluctuating based on different age groups. The highest rate of divorce that has seen an increase is actually people in their 50s, 60s, and even 70s. So when we reference gray divorce, we are referencing, um, I think we will use the term mature couples. Careful. (laughs) Since I'm older, I am definitely going to use the word mature, not old. But we are seeing people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. Their financial and family issues are totally different. They are not still typically raising children. They may have grandchildren. They may have adult children. They may have many financial concerns that are very different than a young couple in their 30s at the beginning of their careers or with young children. So for the gray divorce, it is very much about the role of the financial planner. What they are doing is looking at retirement planning, long-range financial planning of what will take them from now, frankly, through their lifetime. Estate planning is key. Do they want legacy planning for children, adult children, or their grandchildren? But it's also looking at Social Security. It's looking differently at pensions and retirement assets. Do they want a house and to tie up assets there, or do they want more of a retirement plan? Those have a profound impact long range on their finances. And so when I'm involved in a gray divorce, 
whether as a neutral mediator or on behalf of a client, I will absolutely insist that they work with a financial planner to understand the long-range impact. And we step in, in in that role quite frequently because, of course, many times we have good insight into not only what a client needs to obtain for their own retirement, but how to evaluate different types of investments. Real estate, you know, we've had clients with, you know, real estate assets and they don't know exactly how to split that up or, or how to value that or business interest. And as somebody is getting more mature through their investment years, they've acquired some assets typically. And it's important to have somebody uh, help decipher some of what not only the assets are, but how they're going to help fulfill that retirement so that people can still dissolve a marriage but protect for each other's retirement. Social security is important. We know that there are benefits to being married on a social security level and making sure that those are um, very well paid attention throughout the process. You know, and of course, even I counsel clients on what to look at before they get remarried. And we can talk at our next segment a little bit about, you know, why these things are so important to understand prior to being married um, or remarried and where premarital agreements come into play and some of the other things as well. Because it's not only going through a divorce that's really important to do well. It's if you're going to enter into another relationship, whether it's a marriage or something more non-traditional, I think it's really important to understand those components as well. So with that, we'll take a little break and we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, premarital agreements and some of the things that are important to pay attention to if somebody decides to get married again. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And my guest today is Susan Hansen. She is a partner at Hansen and Hildebrand. She is also the co-founder of the Family Mediation Center. We are talking about divorce. This is not the first time Susan has been on the radio and she's contributed to many of our newsletters. So if you would like a copy of either this uh, radio show podcast, or if you'd like any other information, you can check out our webpage at ellenbecker.com. You can feel free to email me and I will pass on Susan's information as well as some articles that she has written and previous recordings of our radio time together. We've talked quite a bit about divorce and all the different methods or processes for divorce, as well as why it's important to have a team. You know, we talked earlier, right before the segment, how every situation is unique and it's really important to kind of lift your head up out of the sand and look around and get educated and get information. Uh, what I'd like to spend this last segment of our show talking a little bit about today is what types of things need to be considered before remarrying and what types of issues and uh, things make it really important to get a professional involved. Right before the break, I mentioned business interest and you perked up a little because I know you <laughs> want to talk about that. So why don't we talk a little bit about business interest and then we can move into premarital or prenuptial agreements and um, give our listeners an idea of if they're thinking about getting remarried again, what's really important for them to consider. Uh, I think the issue of business interests relates at, from 
family-owned businesses. Uh, There are many individuals who are self-employed and create their own LLCs that have both potential value and liability. And that area of business interest is one that absolutely requires professional expertise. There are individuals who can discuss uh, business valuations, but they can also discuss operating agreements and alternative ways to keep a business intact and thriving and functioning even through and after a divorce. So a business is not as easy as a piece of real estate or a bank account to allocate or divide. Some businesses' prime value is they produce income, and they may not have a lot of resale value like a house or other real estate would. So then you have to be creative. You have to really think about how to support the value of that business and ways to share or allocate the value of that business in a divorce. If it turns into a high-conflict divorce, I think many businesses are harmed and there can be actual financial losses for both spouses if that business is not sustained and well-supported as they look at how to negotiate an outcome. So allocating business interests and the income from businesses does require some specialized expertise and frankly requires those spouses, even if they're upset with one another, to come together and find ways to maximize value for the sake of both of them. So it really is ultimately, if you have a business or interest in a business, it's almost uh, a red flag to immediately, you know, put some professionals in your court that can help you identify the business and what it means through a divorce. Um, And then I suppose that's a good segue even into a remarriage. If somebody is looking at getting remarried and they own a business, I think that's a really important discussion to have and and talking about premarital agreements and prenuptial agreements. And I think they're both the same thing. They're just said differently. Uh, And so talk a little bit about that and what you're seeing a trend in, as well as why it's important to have those conversations prior to jumping back into the marriage. Well, and there's two ways to look at it. The first kind of view of prenuptial, which is the same as premarital, Um, there's also postnuptial or postmarital where there's a financial agreement spouses enter into after they've been married but the idea of a prenup is that you have full disclosure of the financial picture for each individual and that they have some agreements they reach prior to getting married. And those agreements might be about income, they might be about how assets would ultimately be allocated. Um, What I saw for many years was a resistance in generations past of saying, we don't want to talk about a prenup because that implies we're getting divorced and marriage is forever, so we're not going to discuss a prenup. Um, I think that for many people, if you can't talk about money before you get married, I think you are much more likely to see me at the end of your marriage. I think upfront discussions about money and conscious decisions about your perceptions of money and how you handle it with or without a prenup are essential for a solid foundation. What we're seeing now is interesting. My law partner wrote an article about prenups and millennials, and young people are far less resistant to having a prenup. 
Um, there tends to be more openness in their discussions about finances, and we are, in fact, seeing a rise in prenuptial agreements. Um, I do think it's a good foundation. The hope is you never need it because you never get divorced. But the answer is if you do end up with a divorce, you have a roadmap that may really minimize conflict because you had these discussions up front or along the way. So I think prenups are an excellent topic of conversation, including finances, for anyone contemplating getting married. Bluntly, the older you are, the more you should think about a prenup. A second marriage. I had someone come. It was his third marriage. There is a limit to how many times you can divide by two before it has a profoundly negative effect on your own financial well-being. So I see the prenup in a second marriage as really an important step for your own financial security. I also see it as part of your, your legacy planning and what you're doing for your children. The very worst litigation, in my view, isn't divorce litigation. It's litigation between a second spouse and the adult children at the time that someone dies. And you have this estate fight because there wasn't clarity. But it's also true with a prenup. You have one eye on what you want for your children and grandchildren. You have one eye on what you want for your soon-to-be new spouse. And I think you should sort it out openly and honestly. And we encourage our clients to do that through their estate planning process, especially, as you said, with blended families, because we also see uh, that being a very traumatizing and difficult thing to go through after you lose a parent or a loved one. And so, again, all the conversations that you can have before entering into such an important relationship, I think, makes sense. And that includes uh, looking at all of the financial assets and really identifying what you want to have happen to them after you're gone, because most people want to protect for their spouse and most people want to leave a legacy for their children. And there are ways to do it and there are ways to do it efficiently and effectively uh, and minimizing conflict. And so putting a little bit of work in the front end, I think, really increases the positive outcome on the back end as well. So, uh, Susan, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us today. It's always so interesting and helpful to be able to share this information with our listeners. Could you tell people how to get a hold of you if they want more information or want to learn more about uh, what you could do for them? Absolutely. Uh, We have a lot of information on our website, so it isn't all a call to the office. We do try to provide education about process options, and our website is h-hlaw.com. That's h-hlaw.com. It has a lot of information um, that's available and links to even additional information. And of course, they can call and we are happy to have a free phone consultation and help them weigh options. And our phone number is 414-273-2422. 414-273-2422. And you can always just get a hold of Ellen Becker Investment Group. Check us out at um, ellenbecker.com. You can find some information there as well as uh, there's a place where you can email our team and we can get you in connection with Susan and some of the information that we talked about today. So thank you again for joining us. And for our listeners, Money Sense airs on Saturdays from 2 to 3 p.m. and on Sundays from 12 to 1. If you really liked today's show and want to learn more, 
more or pass the information on to a friend or family member, you can find all of that at ellenbecker.com. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. And remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Enjoy the rest of your day.